Amid all of the rhetoric, the noise, the cross-examinations that comes with an impeachment, we often find ourselves in a vacuum of thought. And those are some of the topics that I will discuss on today's By Faith. This is an unedited, unscripted podcast by Lisa Noel Babbage. I have just put the finishing touches on my book, The Black History Bible, which is an expose as to how the Democratic Party has deceived Black America. I say Black America deliberately because the number of immigrants who have come to this country since slavery, regardless of their melanin levels, have no idea what it's like to have that kind of a heritage in this country. Granted, slavery is worldwide, and I'm thankful to organizations like A21 and the Indit Movement who are still battling slavery, sexual slavery, through human trafficking. But let's face it, only the descendants of slaves in America know what it's like to have the truly black experience. And immigrants who have come here in latter years read about it just like everyone else. Now, I'm not meaning to say that black Americans today have the full weight of the pain of slavery because we don't. But we do have the personification of slavery um, placed on us on a daily basis, not because we are treated as slaves, but because the economic disparages that occurred in slavery still continue today um, in some cities more than others. In Democrat-led cities, definitely more than others. And we are reminded, despite that, we are, despite the economic disparages, we are reminded that, uh, you know, blacks in this country were once slave to whites. And while there were uh, blacks who owned slaves, um, the gist of this conversation that I'm beginning uh, does still ring true, despite those outliers. And, you know, that's something that I really wanted to debunk that heritage of in my book, The Black History Bible, because people have taken that personification of slavery and they've run with it, for lack of a better word. They have taken on identities that are not God-given. They have taken on mannerisms and actions that pertain more to uh, what happened hundreds of years ago and less to what's happening right now. And at the crux of that, I would say, is President Donald Trump. He is a figurehead, not just for our country, but he is a figurehead for the division that has been in our country for many generations. People who like him, like him a lot. And those that are not fond of him have very strong convictions as to why. The unfortunateness of this whole debate is that they often have trouble vocalizing where they find error with Donald Trump. Much of it boils down to emotion. 
much of it boils down to a personal dislike for the man in the Oval Office. And throughout the book, I don't focus uh, per se on Donald Trump and his larger than life persona. What I attempt to focus on is the facts of what has happened to uh, black people in this country since slavery. And I don't spend a lot of time uh, digging deep into the history because, you know, that's hundreds of years. But what I do is hit the highlights and I hit the highlights in a way um, that's educational in nature, but also gets to the point of how it relates or has impacted what's happening right now. As I was finishing up my edits um, this evening and, and putting a few final touches on the last chapter, the same thought kept running through my mind. The thought was that friends don't let friends vote uh, without an education. Just casting a vote, which is a concept that kind of came to my mind during the 2018 midterms, but this whole idea of casting a vote without doing your due diligence as a voter, without looking at candidates, without looking at party platforms, without taking the time to find out who you're voting for. That whole idea uh, was just resonating with me to such a degree in 2018 because that is when I started getting involved in volunteering in politics. Now, I had volunteered in politics my entire life, but I had taken a significant uh, break um, in dealing with health challenges and other things in my life that took up my time. So as I'm now diving back into this arena, just because of the crisis of conscience that our country was facing, I just felt obligated um, to, to do whatever I could do to help bridge the gap between um, different groups in our nation. And, and this, was, this whole effort started even before Donald Trump was candidate Trump. But it hit a pinnacle in 2018 as I was working on various campaigns in Georgia. And I I realized that casting a vote without being informed as to what you're voting for is almost treasonous. And I say almost just to, um, you know, not be too over the top. But honestly, it is treason when you it's wasting a vote um, because whether you're black or not, people have died that, so that Americans could have the right to vote. I mean, if you think about it, as an English colony, we did not have rights to vote. It was taxation without representation. So whether you're a white man and the American Revolution was that someone dying for you, or whether you're a woman and the suffrage movement was someone you know, being arrested or drugged through the street for the white right for women to vote or whether you're a black person and and it was the death of Dr. King and others who fought in the civil rights movement for you to have the right to vote. Every American owes their right to vote to 
ancestors who built this great nation. And I don't say great nation lightly because there are, you know, many things we might want to improve, uh, improve, I'm sorry, about America to deny the victories that we've had that other countries have not enjoyed is really to just cut our reputation short. And uh, there's no reason for anyone to do that because America has done many great things over the years. Now, granted, we're, we're not without our flaws, but when we think about the fact that someone died for us to have the right to vote and then we throw it away, not to say you throw it away on the wrong candidate, but you throw it away without even looking at the candidate. You're perhaps voting out of obligation. And in my book, I do talk about the fact that especially many African-Americans have voted just out of tradition. They have voted for um, whoever their mother might have voted for. They have voted for whoever their grandmother may have voted for. And this may be along party lines or it, it may be a politician that's been in place for years that happens, obviously. And, you know, those politicians, as a a good friend of mine once said, who have been there for a long time, if they haven't changed anything, why are they still there? And why would you still vote for them? You know, these are the questions that we have to ask ourselves. And of course, not everyone has the wherewithal or the time or even the desire to dig deep into voting. And we do understand that there are plenty of commentaries, however. Um, I did one in 2018 on the website I Choose Love. Um, Plenty of commentaries that will break down um, the ballot. They will break down uh, everything you want to know about voting. They will break down um, even the party platform in a way that uh, is concise, is quick, It's easy to understand, and there's no excuse, no excuse whatsoever as to why someone would not cast an informed vote. Now, to sidetrack from that, think about all of the people who don't even go to the polls. They may or may not be informed, but either because of an obligation, an economic obligation where they cannot have time off, you know, there are many people, and I was thinking about this as I was writing the book, there are many people who work two jobs. And even though the polls are open from seven to seven, it does not allow enough time for them to navigate what can be a two hour wait. And I think for people who have not worked two jobs or don't understand uh, what it's like to be a single parent and be contending with, you know, things of this nature, they don't really even, um, it doesn't even cross their mind that it could be a challenge to vote. Now, let's talk about early voting and absentee voting. I love that my state has done a great job of uh, extending early voting days. And granted, it's never long enough. You know, we are the kings and queens of procrastination here in America. But, you know, we do have that provision within our laws to Um, have early and extended voting. And that is a blessing because we really should take advantage of our right to vote. Um, But what happens when when people don't and they're not aware of what it means to have um, 
extended hours or use an absentee ballot. You know, this is an absentee ballot, especially in places like California, is a way that voter fraud uh, is spread. It's a way that many people um, actually have their vote diminished because of the compromise that happens through voter fraud. So what do we do? How do we answer this problem? Well, you know, a couple of things come to mind, and that's one, to get involved yourself is the best way to make sure that your vote counts, um, that it is cast, and that you are informed as to what you're voting for. And granted, not everyone can get involved, but even if you're involved by proxy, it is definitely worth the effort, especially in an election like the one that we're going to have coming up um, in November 2020. Uh, we have a situation where, you know, there is so much rhetoric, there is so much conversation whenever you have an impeachment that just adds to um, the struggle that one might have. And so, to not vote, and I honestly, I don't think we're going to have a lot of people in that in that situation, but to not vote uh, in this time in American history is is very uh, troubling that, that that would even be uh, a consideration. Now, a lot of people do, and I've heard this ar- argument, I know you guys have as well, that, um, you know, uh, whoever I wanted didn't didn't get the nomination or, you know, there's no difference between the two. We've heard that time and time again. We've also heard that, um, you know, you don't like either one, so why vote? Well, you know, just like um, in many of the decisions we face in life, you have to choose the lesser of two evils. Now, why, why does someone say that? Well, you, you say it because it honestly is the truth. In our lifetime, we are going to come across Uh, many challenges that will keep us on edge, keep us um, not at ease about the decisions that we have to make. But not making a decision, opting out, foregoing your right, um, that doesn't change anything. That doesn't make anything better. It doesn't solve the problem that you may have had about you know, you not liking either of the candidates. Um, you know, I, I don't believe our founding fathers uh, wanted a two-party system. We do have one um, because even if you are an independent or a libertarian or part of the Reform Party, um, you typically will not have the following that the two major parties will have. And I have voted... Um, independent before, uh, I, I want to say that I voted for another party and I can't recall the name of it, but uh, it may have been the Green Party. But, uh, and, and I was criticized when I did so. I voted for Ross Perot. I don't recall what party he ran under, but I actually worked at his campaign. I thought a businessman was just what America needed. And, you know, for those of you who are, are in my age bracket, you know that was quite a long time ago. And we see the effects of having a businessman. Um, so I almost feel justified in my Ross Perot 
vote <laughs> because as it turns out, you know, even if you can't stand President Trump, you cannot deny the economic benefit he has brought to this country. And I believe Ross Perot would have had, you know, a similar effect. But um, I digress, which is the name of this game. Uh, getting back to the fact that if you don't have a candidate you really like, choosing the lesser of two evils um, is really a way to honor the fact that you have the vote. And it's also a way to ensure that your uh, principles are at least being represented. So whether you vote for a third party or if you choose between the top two parties in finding a uh, legislator that you, you know, hate least, uh, it's worth it. It's worth it to take the two hours um, to go and vote and our country, you know, that's what we really have to think about. The fact that our country is worth it Um, because we're leaving to our children a very hard uh, situation. We're leaving our children, not just because of student loan debt, not just because of the infighting between us. We're just leaving a very damaged country to our children, and we owe it to them to do our part in fixing it. Now, I hate to just think about the fact that someone might Uh, cross their fingers or just blindly, um, you know, run down a ballot and vote along party lines without thinking. But I know that's what many people do. Uh, And we have to really just try to do our part to change that because uh, the longer we, the longer we put ourselves in a position of, um, political mayhem and we do that because we we do that because we um, don't take the time to study uh, the candidates and look at their voting records and find out what's happening Um, but the longer we continue to do that the more damage we're actually creating for our young people who will um, have to work all this out after we're gone anyway Bottom line is, um, the book is finished. <laughs> very excited about that. Um, and honestly, I'm I'm very hopeful that people will take the time to read it. What I've done, uh, something that I really don't even know where this idea came from, but I've taken the time to kind of summarize the chapter at the end of the chapter and just you know a bullet. Actually, I'll give my friend Tawana um, credit for this, but just a bulleted list. We know people don't always have time to read anymore, and even when they do, they choose not to because there's so many things competing for our time. Even this podcast is competing for your time, so I'll wrap it up. But I have summarized the book at the uh, or the chapter at the end of every chapter and just a bulleted, very short bulleted list that kind of gets to the point of what I'm trying to make. I think that's very important, not just for young people, but for all of us in our busy lives who, um, you know, perhaps may want to uh, invest more time in um, studying politics and studying our candidates and making more informed votes, but we end up not doing it. 
just because our schedule doesn't permit it. So the Black History Bible uh, will be available on Amazon, and I am doing a very small book tour in Georgia, um, beginning at the in Black History Month, which is February. And I want to thank um, Next Gen Conference for hosting me. Um, but the book will be available, and I will definitely do some autograph copies through you know, my website, perhaps, or or those of you who know me can also message me on Facebook. But I do hope that um, people will look at this as an option for talking to friends who are perhaps on the other side of the aisle, because I am, while I'm addressing African Americans, I'm really painting a picture of what has happened in our nation, why Democrats and Republicans are at odds with one another. And I take out of it, uh, in all but one chapter, I take out of it the emotion. I stick to the facts to let people know why we've ended up where we've ended up and what we could possibly do about it. And again, this is not supposed to be a very deep read. It's supposed to be something that you can get through and make an informed decision as a result of. And there are, you know, times when you know, perhaps it it is a more cerebral, but I've tried to keep it basic because it's something that everyone should read, especially if you have a first time voter in your family, especially if you have lifelong Democrats, for example, in your family, family or friend group. This is something that I challenge you to share with them, now, whether you purchase a copy, whether you share my podcast with them or whether you um, actually uh, give them a copy themselves, they're worth it and our country's worth it. So I would just encourage you to do that. Continue to check um, this podcast for more updates on the book, The Black History Bible, and look for it on Amazon um, within the next couple of weeks. Uh, It should be available, and I'll definitely release something to remind everybody. But This is By Faith, and my name is Lisa Noel Babbage.